Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, where you'll hear inspiring stories and life lessons from amazing Hell Yes entrepreneurs who are running their for-purpose businesses and living their Hell Yes lives. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. I'm your host, Norman Bell. And today I'm super excited because my guest is Shirin Bezadi. Shirin is the CEO of Home Franchise Concepts, one of the world's largest franchise businesses. Uh, HFC's three brands include, include Budget Blinds, Tailored Living, and Concrete Craft. Under Sheeran's leadership, the, uh, the company has seen a 71% increase in sales since 2015 and is on track to reach $700 million in system-wide sales in 2018. As an entrepreneur herself and mother of two, Sheeran has dedicated her life to helping franchisees, including momtrepreneurs, enterprising millennials, veterans, and boomers, realize their financial and personal dreams. Sharon, welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. So we're going to get into your story. I'm really excited to have you here and um, everything that you're up to right now. But I always like to start off by asking uh, my guests, what is your hell yes? And so by that, I mean, what is that thing that really lights you up and makes you come alive? You know, I feel like for me, it's caring for people, but in a particular sense, and that is to help them blossom. Mm -hmm. So whether it's at work, uh, whether it's with employees or franchises, giving them an opportunity to own their own business, or if it's in my family with my children, my husband, giving them chances to blossom. Giving them chances to blossom. And it sounds like you've had plenty of opportunities to do that. I mean, it sounds like in your personal life as well, but definitely as uh, the CEO of such a large uh, f- uh, franchise company as, as you have now. So tell me, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, we'll backtrack and I want to hear your whole story, but give us a little bit of an overview about who you are and what you're up to right now. Well, I am the Chief Executive Officer of Home Franchise Concepts. And then Home Franchise Concepts, we're passionate about providing people with all walks of lives and backgrounds with an opportunity to own their own business. That's what we do in the home space. So this is why we are home franchise concepts. And each of our brands have something to do with um, making your house into a home. Mm-hmm. We do it in a caring way because that's the core value that we hold very dear to ourselves. We are invited to people's homes, so we care about them. So for me personally, it's my passion to making sure that we provide more and more of these opportunities that we as well bring uh, goodness into the communities where we serve. Because I think a lot of companies maybe forget about that, that really is by doing good that you end up doing well. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my mission in life. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that, right? Because um, uh, on the surface, it, you're, you're, uh, the franchise businesses could be about um, you know, just uh, providing products to, to people's homes and, you know, maybe helping franchisees be successful. But you, you do seem to have, just reading some of the material about you, you have uh, this underlying purpose of, of doing good in the world. So, t- and one of the articles I was reading had the headline um, that you were saying, claim your life. So tell me a little bit about that, claiming your life. 
Yes. So in both ways, um, it's all about caring as far as we're concerned. So our franchisees are in people's home 60,000 times a week. That's a lot of interaction. And we're, we operate out of 11,000 cities. But that, what makes us unique is that as large as we are, we're local. Each franchisee lives in the neighborhood where they serve. And they care about their neighbors. They get into business because they want to be of service to bring value to people's homes. I mean, it sounds cliche, but to turn a house into a home is great. It's giving people something that they hadn't really necessarily realized ahead of the consultation with us, how important it is to them. But our franchisees are our processes. We sit with them. It's a consultative process. We design with them in mind. We call our franchisees home therapists because they actually under, sometimes hear what you don't necessarily say and then fit your needs. We then measure, install every product that's customized to our uh, consumers and we stand behind our product. And by the way, we have a mass appeal. We have solutions for everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, talk about caring we believe that's at the essence of the core value of caring shows itself right there from the design process but of course living in our neighborhoods our franchises give back so much in many ways just being involved and in, with their neighborhood with their communities as well as giving back and we here at home franchise concept truly believe in giving back and that's what we've been about so talk about claiming your life i think it's really taking a stance and saying i want to know what I want in life. I, I want to have a vision of what I want in life and I'm, and I'm going to pursue it. It's not too complicated. It's not too woohoo out there. It's just, it's the reality of life. You either claim it and move towards it or it's just going to take you places that you don't necessarily want to go. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So you, um, I was reading that article a little bit that was talking about uh, living reactively versus, I guess, kind of proactively and sort of uh, creating a vision for your life. So let's talk a little bit about your story. Take us back to um, an earlier time, pre-CEO days, um, earlier in your life when, you know, you were an entrepreneur yourself. Um, what were those early days like for you? And, and kind of take us, um, uh, take us forward from there. I'm going to take you a little bit farther back because it, it, there's re a reason behind it. Yeah, sure. I've been working since I was 17 years old to support myself because yeah. we are immigrants. And my first job was a cashier at a gas station. And mm -hmm. I uh, worked full time and I, as I went through college. I ended up becoming a CPA and I worked for a large accounting firm. I was then a CFO at a very young age of a pretty good size mortgage bank. Um, but then I got the itch to be an entrepreneur. And the itch really became because I ended up wanting to have a child and I thought, you know, I want to set my own schedule. So how do I do that is being on my own. So I went out on my own and the rest is where we are today. It's, it was that entrepreneurial uh, journey that we took um, that, that brought us to this day. And I'm looking back, I've always thought, um, as I've assessed the, this sort of past history has been, why did I end up doing well over my career is that I always did it for the right reasons. Mm. One, I always had a purpose, but I always wanted to do along the ways, um, wanted to do right to the best of my ability. Of course, not every time I did, but that's to the best of my ability. And having had that experience as 
really a child at 17 having to support yourself and um, knowing what it's like to not have a lot of money and to be able to have to manage your cash and made me really clearly understand what it takes to be a small, medium-sized business owner. And I think that's part of the, a real um, strong reason why I can connect with putting people into their own business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've, you've been there yourself, you, you know, you, you um, have that background and so you can really identify with those people that are, are looking to kind of claim their lives for themselves. Right? Exactly. That, that makes sense. Um, now t- tell us a little bit about, uh, there was um, an experience that you, kind of a life-changing experience that you had uh, several years ago that sounds like it really uh, it kind of changed things for you. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about it? Oh my gosh. Fundamentally, I would say the single most life-changing event of my life um, next to my wedding and my children being born was that and that is when I um, found out that I had um, a brain tumor that um, was pretty severe it uh, was threatening um, my optic nerves it was lodged between my optic nerves and um, had grown tentacles around some of the veins in there and so the ordeal was really facing whether or not I was going to make it through this um, there were had to be surgeries and of course recoveries and plus whether or not I'll be able to see because that was the biggest risk, uh, immediate risk. And uh, it was physically and emotionally, perhaps in some respects, spiritually, some of the most difficult um, challenges I've had, but at the same time, probably the most rewarding. So it is a cliche that people say from pain, you see improvement, success, and rebirth. Um, It was genuinely that. Mm -hmm. And it was a sort of awakening, the awakening that um, past that event, everything started sounding better, smelling better, tasting better, looking better. And it just um, really uh, refocused me on what's important in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to ask, I was uh, have people backtrack a little bit. So, um, so, so were you just living your life and then what happened? You went to the, the doctor one day and... I was, I thought I had life figured out. Yeah. Okay, listen, yeah. I had my kids, I was room mom, I was doing all kinds of community activity, I was uh, working out all the time, I was working at, you know, we were much smaller then, but at home franchise concepts, you know, I, I had life figured out. Um, and then I, well, I had been having headaches for a long time, just assumed I'm a headachey person. Mm-hmm. And then um, in, in the series of a few days, it got really, really painful. And one morning I woke up and I just couldn't get out of bed. I was, so at the time I was vomiting a lot. So it was back in the swine flu days. So mm. they, my son called 911 and they came and grabbed me and thought I had the swine flu, which I didn't. And then really that journey of finding out whether or not it was, what was going on took a while. It wasn't an immediate discovery. It took a month of going back and forth and then finally being hospitalized for seven days to do a battery of tests. And it was literally the last test that they took that showed it. 
Mm-hmm. And it was shocking because, you know, you've, you've heard people say, I always thought if this doesn't happen to me, it happens to my neighbor. There's truth to that because yeah. I was stunned. And even if, when I heard it, I thought, ah, no way. I'm sure it's been, it's, it's been there all of my life. They just didn't know that, right? And I drove up to see the first neurosurgeon. And he sat me down, showed me my MRI and showed me the tumor. And he says, this is, this is it. This is what's going to happen. You're going to have to figure out your life because you have to do surgery soon. And I was, it was like talking to someone else. It wasn't my reality. How right. is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, like, I, I know there's almost like a detachment, like mm-hmm. this is, I'm watching a movie here. This is mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, just I, some of our uh, listeners probably know my my wife uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer last year and has been going through a journey with that, and things are on track, and um, you know she's got some bump, bumps in the road here, right? But but uh, prognosis is very good. Oh, but, good. Um, but I can I can definitely relate to that as I can see with her, like she's right. facing a lot of challenges, uh, but growing I see as well, you know. Um, but uh, so, okay, then take, take us to, um, take, okay, so you, you face that, you face the, this uh, kind of life-threatening situation, and then, then what happened? So you had the surgery, it was, it was a, an extensive surgery. Right, the first one was 10 hours, and then, um, you know, in ICU for a while, and then um, apparently it failed. I lost all of my spinal fluid, and that's pretty dangerous. It's immediate death. So I was rushed into another follow-up surgery, which was another five hours. Um, this was like two weeks apart. And um, then the recovery was very severe because now I wasn't allowed to move my neck for months. And um, I was li- I lied down for a long, long time for the spinal fluid to be rebuilt. But um, then just physical therapy to walk back and then couldn't talk that well. And so the ordeal of recovery was by itself a, a journey. Right, right. Yeah, and so um, going through something like that, maybe like as you're going through it, maybe it's not at that moment that you're thinking, wow, I'm really smelling the, the flowers a little bit more. Uh, it, it might be uh, beyond, beyond that. Uh, but, um, but then, so then you got beyond that and, and t- tell us like about that awakening piece. Like what, mm-hmm. what how was life different? How did you uh, see life differently? Well, you know, an um, older lady friend of mine said that, Shireen, some people get a nudge from God, and, and it's in the form of a nudge, and some people get hit over the head with a two-by-four. Yeah. You're one of those, because you needed it, probably, <laughs> to say. It was pretty severe for me. Mm-hmm. Um, things happened and changed from my perspective pretty quickly. It Obviously, it wasn't overnight, but it just seemed that way, in that when I was... Um, starting to recover and could walk. I remember going, let's say, to the grocery store and not that I could walk that much, but I would walk and would look around and say, why are people not smiling? Because it's just so great. Why, why are there so many people not happy? So, you know, it um, started showing itself in that sense. And then a complete um, sort, of a, sort of reevaluation of life. Like, what is it that I... What, what works for me? Why am I here? Why, are, why do I think, why am I here sounds a little too out there. I don't mean why am I here in that sense, is that what can I do in life? What is it that I can do to, to make things better for others and 
and what works for me what is what is it that resonates with me and for me it was do the right thing give back you know care for people that sort of stuff started popping up yeah yeah um i'm really i'm I'm trying to take advantage of talking to to someone who's been through something like what you've been through because there there does seem to be a, a genuine awakening that happens when people have that that type of an experience so do do enlighten us here please like what mm-hmm. should we be focusing on so when you when you decided that um you you could have decided i i need to go off and do something completely different and um enlighten the world with this message uh but you you stayed at at home um h h hfc hfc yeah uh, thank you and and uh decided to to um you know live your purpose there so t- tell us about that what uh how did how did you do decide so what a good question because i actually did think through that then. so uh, do do i run and work with charity do i volunteer and what worked for me what came to me as a result of just self-reflection was to say you know everybody's good at something everybody's made differently you know you've got light eyes i've got brown eyes there's things that we kind of are pre-wired to us and i felt like uh what i do which is really running a business and successfully and helping others do the same and different scales is just like what i do well clearly right because if i hadn't we hadn't been i hadn't been reaping the benefits so why don't i take what i do and build on it in with the sense of uh, a contribution a positive contribution how do you do that so you don't have to be necessarily a non-for-profit you can be a for-profit business that does good in the world Mm-hmm. And maybe that even speaks more uh, loudly to others, because by giving people from all walks of lives and backgrounds an opportunity to own their own business is not just the same. You give people a chance to um, retire, to send their kids to college, to have flexibility, to kind of like what I did, to go to their games and to be room moms or um, you know soccer dads, and so. Is doing all of that and doing it with the right fundamental value system, which is about trustworthiness, which is about transparency, and and at the core of it all, caring. Is that not doing good in the world? I feel like it is in my world because mm-hmm. this is what my makeup is. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and it, it almost doesn't matter like what the thing is, right? Whether it's blinds or I'm thinking of, you know, people have different opinions about Starbucks, but I think Howard Schultz is a, a well-meaning person and it's not about coffee. It's about, I don't know, you know, everything that, that, that I'm not a, it's plugging Starbucks. Sure, sure. But, um, but uh, so, so then you, the company has, has seen um, a, a market growth since that period, right? So what, what, um, how did that end up uh, um, manifesting in uh, the, the company? So for me, and so there's so many elements that go into a company, but for me, and it's definitely since um, I've been more taking on the helm of the company, it's been about single-minded focus mm. on doing right by our franchises. So if you run around this office and say, what's your guiding principle? Our guiding principle is making sure every franchise is as successful as they want to be. Mm-hmm. And success is different to different people. Mm-hmm. So that's one 
reason. One is the single-handed, single-minded vision when it comes to our franchisees. Similarly, when it comes to our end consumers, it's it, it's wrapping everything around just some core values. Like who are we? Let's make sure that we understand who we are and declare it. And at the core of all of it is caring. So that isn't something I necessarily invented. We did surveys of our franchisees. We gave them some descriptors, like where do you fit? And if you added all of those up, and if you really wanted to find the essence of it all, it became sort of this caring essence. So mm -hmm. by having very, very clear understanding of, of why we do what we do and who we are, it's been really helping the company as a whole navigate itself, navigate itself to where it is today. Wow. Yeah. And uh, obviously you're seeing exponential growth. So uh, you, you're, you must be doing a lot right there. So um, let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's shift focus to, I want you to imagine um, some of our listeners out there uh, who, you know, maybe they're entrepreneurs themselves. Maybe they're thinking about uh, becoming an entrepreneur. And a lot of, a lot of the people that listen to the podcast are kind of purpose driven entrepreneurs. But as you were saying, um, you know, there's many different ways that you can be of service. And so what, what might you say to somebody out there that, to um, have them at least consider becoming a franchisee uh, for um, yeah, Budget Blinds or one of your other companies? Sure. Well, first of all, I feel like, um, and I've seen it in life, is that not a lot of people wake up saying, I want to be an entrepreneur. A lot of times you fall into an, uh, becoming an entrepreneur. Just to be clear, it's not something that necessarily a lot of people plan around, but and, and some do. Uh, I would say, regardless, first have a vision of what you want out of life. Forget about the exact look and feel of what that looks like. Just, just a vision. I want to be, like, for me, it was, I want to be in a situation where I can be an engaged and involved mother and and I but at the same time I want to bring value to others so for me it was it, it was a vague vision it wasn't exact and it's like you know I always say when you um, take a road trip you know where your destination is if you don't know where your destination is you're just going to be haphazardly driving around that's true about life you can't just say ah I you know I want to get sit, sit behind the wheel of this car and I want to be an entrepreneur but what does that mean what is your vision? Where is it that you want to go? And then you have to be ready and flexible to pivot as needed. Mm -hmm. So you may think the road from here to there is this straight line. Reality is it's going to be zigzaggy. You're going to be thrown off. You're going to have to find, go around obstacles. You have to be open to changing your pace, changing the way you go about it. But at the end of the day, if you stay true to the vision, you'll get there. So I would say if anybody right now thinks I want to do something that will give me flexibility and the ability to make um, additional money or more money or money in ways that I want to make them, then actually being a franchisee is a pretty smart way of doing it. And that the reason why is as a sole owner operator on your own, you have to figure everything out by yourself. Trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, it's kind of like going on that road and there's nothing, there's no paved roads, you just have to figure it out, right? In the case of franchising, you've had, in our case, because we've been around 26 years, um, you've had hundreds of people sort of paving that way, creating that road. It's a tried and true system. And today, even, it's the collective uh, brain power, bargaining power of a 
of a much larger group that do everything you do. So you have comrades and plus you have all of the intelligence that know how they experience best practices to take advantage of. Right, right. So there's a real model there that you can tap into. Sounds like a community, uh, you know, a l- very large community of others mm-hmm. that, that you can um, connect with. So you're not uh, just doing it all by yourself. That's, that sounds right. kind of comforting. It sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, do you have any, do you, you've, uh, you know, it mentioned here that you, you work with uh, moms, millennials, veterans, boomers. Do, do any stories come to mind about any particular people or just some examples of people who have um, achieved uh, financial freedom through um, uh, working for as a franchisee? Oh my gosh, tons of them. In fact, when we go to our um, convention, I feel like we leave that convention feeling more energized ourselves because of all the stories that we hear. But it's hard to only talk about a few. I'll give you a couple of examples that come to my mind. One is um, one of our franchises with Taylor Living, which is whole home organization, you know, inside the home garages and garage flooring. Um, and I'm not going to mention her name, but she and I were talking and she said, you know, Shireen, I um, had been in corporate America all my life. Me and my husband were both executives. We decided to take this thing on. And we decided to take it on because I realized that my daughter was growing up and I literally had not been to a single game of hers. Mm-hmm. And so they took on this um, franchise. It was just the two of them. And um, she says, you know what? Then by then they had been in business like four years. She said, in the past four years, I haven't missed one. Oh, and, nice. and I'm still doing okay. So that's one that kind of speaks to a lot. Um, the other one is um, highlighted in our, I don't know if you know, but we have a, um, hashtag BV Cares initiative that's going on right now. It's all about our caring. All of our brands have a lot going on, but we wanted to lead in with budget lines. And uh, one of our franchisees, Priscilla, who's um, as well highlighted in our TV commercials, is uh, one that actually bought a franchise of budget lines to create a foster home. And so she's done all of that. And she employs a lot of special needs children. And when, um, and we, we do acknowledge that we have a, an award called Heart and Home because we want to highlight our franchisees and really um, encourage them with all the great work that they do in their communities. And when I was reading her story, I just couldn't, I, I had to read it three or four times because, before I could say it out loud because it's that emotional. Oh, that's great. That's great. And I hadn't really thought of that, but like, so becoming a franchisee could be an avenue towards, well, you know, your own financial freedom, but then now you have the space to be able to give back and, and, uh, and create a project like that. That's And many do. Many, many of our franchises do. That's amazing. That's great. Yes. Uh, so t- tell me a little bit about... Um, do you have so whether whether um, our listeners would uh, ultimately engage with you as a franchisee or it, maybe they're out there they ha- already have their own business? What um, do you have a, a one or one or two tips that you would uh, give to people? You've already given us a lot of of great value and insights um, about claiming your life, finding your purpose, but a- anything else you'd like to leave them with? Well, I think. Um at least from my experience, having worked with so many franchisees and just in, in life uh, crossing paths with folks, I think it's important you, to take care of your own um, physical, emotional, spiritual sort of well-being. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take the time to do that, it doesn't have to be anything 
extraordinary. It could be 20 minutes a day, but if you don't take time to do that, you can't, you will not be able to allow yourself to focus on things that you need to focus on to move your career forward. I think mm -hmm. it's important to take the time. Absolutely. Yeah. On the show, we, we talk a lot about like morning routines and uh -oh. sleep habits and all that kind of stuff. You definitely have to look at your, like, the holistic picture and not just uh, Absolutely. Uh, your business success. And well, I think and nowadays, a lot of businesses, even businesses that traditionally were all about working long hours and overnights are acknowledging that, which is refreshing to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sharon, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Uh, uh, what, where on the internet, let's say if someone was interested in either finding out more information about the different franchises or perhaps becoming a franchisee themselves, um, where would they want to go? Well, we have budgetblinds.com, tailoredliving.com, concretecraft.com, and they have all, all have franchise opportunities on there. Or one can go to home franchise concepts that warehouses all three of them. Okay, great. And we will um, be sure and include all the links uh, that you just mentioned in the show notes. Uh, so um, Hell Yes Life listeners, if you're interested, please uh, be sure to go there. Well, Sharon, th thanks so much for joining us today. It's, it has been a pleasure. Thank you. You've been great. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.